It's the Rundown Holiday Special. Featuring everyone's favorite dynamic duo of Alex McIntyre and Kyle Paulson. Now, here is your host, the runner Washington himself, Keenan Gray. going on everybody you heard it right here this is the rundown holiday special it's gonna be a little bit of a different episode we'll talk things christmas here and get you guys all cheered up for the next couple of days uh, as always alex mcintyre kyle paulson myself Kenan gray great episode for you guys uh what's on the start line for today of course we got top 50 boys rankings more of them coming at you uh we're gonna have a special guest on here seattle preps adeline rosa Recently, she wrote an opinion piece in the Seattle Times talking about the current situation with high school students and what may be if they came back and what if potentially there is a high school sports season. And then this might sound weird, but we're going to reflect on the 2020 year, even though it hasn't felt like there's been a lot of good moments, but there has been some great moments as well. And we'll talk about those and talk about like our three top favorite moments. But just to kind of get things rolling and like get you guys a little entertained, um, let's talk about favorite Christmas traditions. Like I said, this is a holiday special, um, totally different this year, and I'm probably going to be spending time with the people that we are living with in COVID. Alex, I'm just curious, what do you guys typically do in the McIntyre household during Christmas? Uh, well, so I married into a German family. Uh, my wife, her whole family is German, so we celebrate Christmas Eve with them because in tradition it's more about christmas eve whereas my family it's um we celebrate christmas day so we do the couple days before christmas with her family then we make that beautiful drive over the snoqualmie pass and head to spokane for christmas day so it's a lot of driving but it's worth it to be with family during the time and for you kyle you guys added another one this year um for those that don't know kyle's got a new baby boy uh james theodore paulson or as i like to refer to him as jt i'm sure kyle calls him that as well um what do you guys do now that you got a, a baby boy in the household and yeah it's great we already got our stockings out and he fits perfectly right into him so whenever he starts crying we just kind of put him in the stocking on the wall and just let him chill out for a little bit uh, not really don't don't call cps on me but you know fatherhood's been really good uh we got a little bundle underneath the tree early this christmas got to unwrap them up unwrap them early uh it's still adjusted to the lack of sleep so if i talk even a little bit less on this podcast you understand why uh anything you guys be doing this year obviously with covid times it's a little different probably not hanging out with grandma and grandpa oh yeah um most of the time, my aunts and uncles from both sides come over from the Boise area and uh, hang out with us, but they're staying staying over there. So it'll probably just be uh, me and my siblings hanging out at mom and dad's. I wish our listeners could see the mustache that fatherhood has brought into Kyle because it's, it's incredible. For all of you who can't see that, just, just trust me. That it's a mustache for the books. F Father time is is coming early for you, Mr. Paulson. So you're, I'm out at the the exit at the hospital. I just pass it to every dad walking out with a baby. So give you a pair of Crocs and a mustache and a dad joke book. Yep, cargo shorts and a pair of long white socks. 
Oh boy. Uh, aside from all the Christmas traditions we do, I mean, of course I usually would go down to my grandma's house. Unfortunately we can't because of COVID-19 she's 82 years old. So I'm going to be spending it uh, with both my parents here. It's just the three of us, but what are we looking forward to the most in 2021? I mean, if, if, if anything going into this new decade, none of us expected this at all going into 2020. So what are we hoping for in 2021? Of course, I'm hoping that we have high school sports, but I'm also hoping that we everything kind of goes back to normal, like we have in-person learning or people can go to sporting events. So I'm curious what you guys are looking forward to the most and hopefully a nice 2021. I don't want to sound super corny, but I think that a lot of people are going to actually start like acknowledging the little things a little bit more, like seeing your family or going to school. I know a lot of, I'm a teacher at Yelm high school and a lot of kids who I never thought would talk about how much they miss being in a school. That's all they can talk about right now. So I think 2020 is probably going to be a year of gratitude after what we just experienced. I, I don't know. I don't think it can get much worse. So uh, I think we'll, we'll see a, a year of thankfulness going into this next one. I mean, I'm thankful that we're able to do a podcast and then share all these information with people. And I think they enjoy it. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, but it gives us something to do and gives them entertainment to listen about cross country and track and field here in Washington. So I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing this in 2021. How about you, Kyle? Yeah, I think I was going to say something similar to what Alex is 2021 is going to be the year where we're just super thankful for everything we do have and get, um, you know, most of the time, I was just talking about being a father, my aunts and uncles come uh, to see the, the kid, but I haven't had that this year. My sister had a kid in October as well. So it's usually a time it's like, oh, we get to see everyone early. Like, nope, we are not seeing anyone. So once I do come and see everybody, be great. And same, I'm missing uh, coaching, even uh, just a few bit of help that I can do. It's just weird not even be able to have the little bit I usually get. So I'm looking forward to, um, hopefully having a fall, excuse me, a, a spring cross and a spring track season, just kind of, you know, catch up on lost time that we had. Well, that's going to conclude our nonsense talk for this episode. Speaking of nonsense, you might see it as nonsense. You might argue about it. Um, more top 50 boys rankings came out this last Friday. Numbers 11 through 20 uh just a reminder for those that didn't look on instagram or facebook here are the athletes listed 20 through 11 aiden emerson of arlington high school a lot of big things were expected out of him in his sophomore season after a very very impressive freshman year uh runs 1534 at the nike hole in the wall invitational placing 10th in which was a very very loaded field that featured athletes like sam geiger brian martinez ethan martin and Jonas Price uh, finished in a disappointing 26 finish place finish at the 3A state meet. Uh, obviously, the goal for him is to get on the podium this year, but I think the bigger goal is for Arlington uh, to bring home their first ever state championship, assuming that there is a state championship meet. So I think that's going to be his biggest goal going into 2021. Coming at 19, Samir Amin, North Thurston. Alex, you're very familiar with this guy. Um, known for his speed on the track in the 800 meter. Uh, ran 15.34 last year, then placed 19th at the 3A state meet in 15.54. Um, in a district as tough as the West Central is this year, uh, it's going to be, I think he's going to get some faster times this year, especially when he runs up against Yelms, Bryce Serkinick, and Bethel's Cameron McCann. Coming in at 18, Daniel Quintana out of El Waco. 
not very many athletes can accomplish what he was able to accomplish in his first year winning a state championship in his first year of running cross country. Uh, he proved to himself that he's one of the best as a youngster at the one B two B track level, but to win a cross country state meet in his, in a very competitive field last year that featured Trout Lakes, Justin Peck, Northwest Christians, Noah Phillips. Uh, it was pretty amazing to see what Daniel could do in that field. And of course it's going to be even bigger challenge because like I said, Justin Peck will be returning and then third place finisher of Pope John Paul, II, Kobe Ducher is also set to return this year. Coming in at 17, Rob McManus of Kashmir. By far, probably out of all these guys that I've listed, he might be my favorite athlete to watch. With speed and strength, this cat, this kid is probably the most fearless runner I've ever seen uh, to come out of a 1A school. It doesn't matter if he's running up against a 2B runner or a 4A runner. It, this kid's given his all. And I'm really excited to see what he does in his, I believe, his junior year, maybe his senior. I think it's his senior year coming up this year. Um, but as a top returning state placer, he's right now the front runner for the one A's coming in at 16, a new runner. And for typically new runners, I wouldn't put them in the top 20, perhaps even in the top 50 at all. But after watching or seeing that this kid ran uh, a 15, 12 in green Lake a couple of weeks ago, I think he deserves a spot. And that's drew Oliver, a transfer from Cedar park Christian to Bishop Blanchett. Now Blanchett does lose a lot of key athletes from last year's second place team. Uh, and Kyle can speak to that. That was a very good Blanchett team they had last year. Uh, but I think with Drew Oliver coming in, who has never ran cross country before, but has run club cross country, uh, he's, he's a pretty studly runner, I think. I, with pairing up with Will Schneider and then Tyler Graff coming in as well, that's a, that's a very solid trio of runners. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what these guys can do this year as a three. 15 and Kyle, you're going to love this. Grayson Wilcott of Kamiakin coming in. Uh, just a first-year varsity runner last year. I mean, it proved that he can run with some of the fastest in the state, um, especially with an incredible supporting cast. So I, And the times he ran probably surprised both you and Matt Rexis. But with those five seniors leaving Kamiakin's really, really fast team, Kamiakin's going to rely on Grayson as well as Isaac. Coming in at 14, Seattle Preps' Owen Wilson – not Owen Wilson, my bad. Owen Nelson. That's the actor, not not the athlete. My bad, Owen. Uh, wow. Owen, <laughs> exactly. Owen Nelson of Seattle Prep. I would have expected this kid to do what he did this fall, running a 1456, especially running a 1605. The Columbia, sign, Columbia University signee uh, is the real deal and fails. He has more to prove even this season. Um, we'll see what he can do. And the last time Seattle Prep had a legit athlete in contention for a state title was the Joe Hardy days. So that's quite a bit a few years ago is when the last time Seattle Prep had a legit, legit runner in their program. Coming in at 13, Jordan Hansen of Jackson High School. A 1540 5K last year, but this year he ran a 1508. Unfortunately, his own teammate, Brendan Charbonneau, has a broken neck and won't be um, running at the start of the year, probably. Um, so Jackson's going to rely heavily on Jordan uh, quite a bit this the next couple of months when cross starts up. 12, Paul Talens of Mount Sai. Uh, despite the slow start his junior year, Paul Talens finished the year with the best ever placing at a 4A cross-country meet, placing 7th, 17th, I should say. With the breakout season he's had during COVID times, 15-32, I think his talent – 
and the capability he has, there's big things ahead for him, especially in the Kingco conference this year. And rounding out at number 11, Daniel Lee of Rogers of Spokane. And we all know last year, Rogers got screwed from going to the state meet, should have gone to the state meet, but because of allocations, they were not able to qualify. So instead it was North Central and Kamaikin. But because of Rogers' historic season, it was all led by Daniel Lee. And with Daniel Lee and the Pirates moving down to 2A, right now he's in pretty good position to be the front runner in 2A. It'll be their first, I believe, state champion since Jerry Lindgren back in the 60s. So do the math right there. That was a long time ago. And that's that's a pretty nice name to be uh, considered a part as part of Rogers' history. When you look at this list and the athletes that are on this list, who stands out to you the most? I'm going to have to go with from Ilwaka, Daniel Quintana, who, you know, you don't, really hear about a lot of fast one B two B guys and much less from a school on the West coast, like Ilwaco. So great to see a kid make a name for himself and put a school on the map. I don't think if you pulled out a, a map of Washington, people could point where to where Ilwaco is. So fantastic to see someone make a name for himself and a lot as well as Rob McMan- uh, McManus from Kashmir, 2A guy, well, excuse me, 1A guy. So just great to see some of the smaller uh, school guys get into the list and run fast times. So I'll be super excited to see, you know, when spring season starts, where they go. And especially since I mentioned Daniel Quintana winning his first ever state championship in his first year of running cross country. Yeah, you, you don't see very many guys just come in running a 5K and be like, hey, I'm going to take it all. But he did that. And I, I think he's now one of the more well-respected runners without our entire state. And then I mentioned with, excuse me, Rob McManus, fearless guy, tough competitor, and all around probably my favorite guy to watch out on the cross-country course. And I told him that specifically when I was watching him at the Bellevue Invite. I'm like, Rob, this is something that you should be proud of. This is something that the 1A schools are are happy to see that you're competing with guys from the three A and four A levels and not just competing them with the first two miles, but the entire race. And like I said, coming from, for me, I'm, I'm from a small school. So I really appreciate that. So Rob, you're stood out there. If you ever listen to this, uh, no, I'm one of your biggest fans out there. Uh, Alex, what do you see? Uh, I think the one who's most likely to surprise us here, um, and I guess a little bit biased because I've watched him run a lot, but as uh, Samir Amin from North Thurston High School, uh, I say that because we know how fast he is on the track. Uh, and I also know that he's always struggled with injury during a cross country season. Um, so I'm interested to see what he does after a pretty low key year, um, you know, without a whole lot of super rigorous training. I don't know what his training has looked like, but I know he's not racing right now. Um, so coming back after hopefully just getting in some long, easy runs and building that base and being a senior, you know, kind of growing into a man and, and having that, um, you know, endurance aspect with the speed, I think he could do some things that surprise us. So I'd like to, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Um, but I think that you're 11 and 12 on this list, Keenan or our list, I guess, but, um, is, is absolutely right. I look at, um, you know, Paul and Daniel, because of their state times, you know, that's the only thing that's consistent across the board here is these people ran at state, these athletes ran at state, and we can kind of compare them on the same day, on the same course, um, and they both performed better than anybody else on this list on that day, on that course. Um, so they're definitely standout athletes on this list for sure. 
My question for you guys both, and either one of you can answer this. Do we think Owen Nelson's the real deal? I mean, do we, do we honestly believe he can make an impact? He ran 1456 this fall, whether that was either on the track or I heard it was at Green Lake. Um, but I mean, do you think he's the real deal? I think he's got a great coach. Um, and I think great coaches can turn average runners into great runners. And, you know, with the uh, 16, 24 at state last year, that's, you know, not a standout time by any means, but he's a good coach. And if he buys into it completely and, and learns to work for his team, I think this 1456 definitely translates into something, um, a little bit bigger than himself of, of, compared to what he's done in the past. Well, of course, he's got now the whole state's attention. I mean, you run you run a sub-15 regardless whether it's on the track or a cross-country course. Everyone's going to know exactly who you are. So, again, big things are coming ahead for Owen Nelson. So that was rankings 11 through 20. 10 through 1 are coming pretty soon. And we might have a guess as to where Isaac Teeples might land in this top 10 list or perhaps maybe someone like a Brendan Charbonneau, even though he has a broken net, might land higher than someone like Isaac Teeples. But – we will have to wait and see when those rankings come out next Friday, not on Christmas, the Friday after Christmas. So those were our rankings cross country 2021. So as I mentioned earlier, we will have a special guest on and she is joining us now from the Seattle area and it is Seattle preps, Adeline Rosa. And she joins us on here. Adeline, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. We're, we're making progress through it. And we're just glad it's Christmas break now and get a little break from school. Um, tell us how the school year has been for you so far. I mean, it's definitely been a lot different than it has been in the past. It's all been virtual and mostly online. I've only stepped on campus a few times, so trying to navigate my way through that. But um, it does look like my school is trying to open up when we come back after break. So I'm excited for that. And that's what it sounds like what's going to be happening across the entire state, of, according to Governor Jay Inslee. You wrote a piece in the Seattle Times, which, by the way, it was a great opinion piece. I loved it. It's, it just got down to the facts and was very accurate. What was that motive to write that piece? Um, well, I'd actually been tracking the reopening metrics for schools ever since August, since I found out that my school was going to be online. And then slowly it just seemed like we were never ever going to meet those metrics and as times as time went on i realized that i was spending majority of my time just staring at a screen all day and i couldn't help but think other people were feeling lonely kind of the same way that i felt and i admitted in the piece and i just really had to get the student perspective out there because it felt like it was being pretty much ignored by the leadership in our state and i feel like the students should have a say in the um, reopening guidelines for our schools. So with the new guidelines coming, assuming that we fall through on these guidelines, what are you hoping happens with the schools? Obviously with Seattle Prep being a private school, they have different rules than probably a lot of public schools, but what are your hopes from the state has provided for all students? Well, I'm hoping that the state kind of supports the schools opening. And in the past, it kind of seems like the state is supporting everything else opening and kind of letting the schools stay closed and saying that that's going to be where the cases are spreading. But I really am hoping to see the state actually support schools opening and like keeping them stay open and kind of supporting the students and teachers throughout all of this. 
Now, in the last sentence you said in your pair in your opinion piece, where we can reopen schools and restart sports with little risk to our communities, we should. But in order to do that, someone at the state needs to prioritize Washington State's one million students. Who do you think has to be responsible for that in order for us to start up school again, as well as high school sports? Well, I think it kind of starts with Governor Jay Inslee. Like a lot of times people are asking him, like, when our school is going to open? And it kind of seems like he he is occasionally dodging the question. And so I think kind of starts there and maybe changing the metrics. And I know they did change them, but making it seem as though or making it apparent that it is actually safe to open up schools, which we have seen in other states that it is safe and that there's very little spread of the virus um, in school settings. She is Adeline Rosa of Seattle Prep. She joins us here on The Rundown. Adeline, you, so you've saw me cover probably Idaho a little bit and see what they've done in, over on that side of the country. Um, do you really think it's possible that we can like adopt whatever other states are doing and bring it in to make sure you guys have a cross country and track and field season? Uh, yes, definitely. I think it just, it takes people to sit down and start planning. Like we can't just uh, magically have a season um, that happens without any planning. And obviously with cross country and track, you can have staggered start times. I mean, it's a non contact sport. It's outside. It's like, it's considered a low risk sport. So I think it's the perfect um, sport to actually have a season. And I'm just really praying that we do have a successful season this spring. And especially you're praying because you're a senior this year. Yeah. You, you're you're going to want one more last chance at getting a PR in either both cross country and track. Um, if the season were to happen, what, what are you looking forward to the most? I'm just looking forward. I'm, I don't know if you're aware of the lower woodland track, but I'm just looking forward to have one more race on that track. It's definitely not, the best course, but I've spent the last four years training on that. So I just want one more um, race down there. Awesome to hear that. Go ahead, Alex. I just wanted to commend you on, on stepping up and, and writing that regardless of what other opinions are. Um, I think it takes a lot of courage, especially with when you know you're going to get so much pushback, I'm sure you've experienced. So um, I, I'm just really glad that that voice is out there. Um, so thank you for doing that. And, and kind of the, the whole purpose of your article is questioning whether or not high school voices should be heard and listened to. Um, and obviously they should, right? But I'm wondering if you could just kind of tell us why. Why, why should high schoolers be listened to during this global pandemic? Yeah, um, I totally understand that a lot of people don't necessarily think that students should be listened to because they're not the high risk group. People consider them the super spreaders. But after months of being at home, staring at a computer eight hours of a day, I mean, it really takes a toll on mental health. And I just don't think that like, you really need to weigh the different um, factors and effects of COVID. And so if we're able to be in school and have mental health and sports happening um, in like a healthy way, then we should be trying to do that. And I think that a lot of uh, leaders and maybe parents and teachers were unaware of what students were kind of going through. And especially for me, I, I was trying to represent a lot of the students, but I actually got a lot of people that reached out and they were mentioning, they're like, I couldn't relate more to your piece. And so seeing how many people felt so lonely and felt so isolated and kind of like they were stuck in this loop of like despair and disappointment, it 
really made me aware of the toll that it's having on people. And I just don't think that that can be ignored. So I think that really needs to be heard. And of course, with this piece being posted on WIA's page, you've probably heard from quite a bit of people, not just in Western Washington, but around the entire state. So what's that feedback been, been like? I've, I've just had an immense amount of support and people saying I could not relate more. Like I I'm just waiting for my season to happen. Like fingers crossed that my school can open. I've been sitting here just trying to figure out what am I going to be doing this spring and hoping I'd be able to cover cross country and track in, in the spring. It's weird to say that I'm covering cross country in the spring because it should be in the fall. A couple of final thoughts before we let you go, Adeline. Um, the biggest message obviously is telling the state, open us up. Um, but I guess my question is, is like, what are you hoping for once the state is open up? Where do we go from here then? I'm hoping that we actually stay open because we've seen in the past Seattle and other parts of Washington and even the country have opened up. And then as cases rise, everything gets locked down again. And so I'm hoping that even if cases start to rise, we realize that schooling and sports are definitely, they should be a priority and considered an essential service and so i'm hoping that that kind of gets locked in and people realize that we can be at school and have low rates and hopefully that stays like consistent through time well we hope that all the rates go down and it has proven that COVID has not affected any athletes and no one's getting sick so hopefully people start realizing that and they were we let everyone go out and race because like you said it's a low risk sport so uh for those that want to read Adeline's piece, it is called, Is Anyone Asking Us Students for Input About Reopening Schools? You can find that on the Seattle Times website and give it a read. It's, it's a really good read and she makes a lot of good points. So Adeline, any final thoughts for you that you want to say about this piece? Um, not much. I just hope a lot of students kind of realize that they're not alone um, with the way that they're feeling. Exactly right. And we, we appreciate the piece you wrote and we appreciate you coming on here to talk with us. Um, best of luck. Have a great Christmas. Uh, enjoy the last couple of days of 2020 and we go into 2021 with hopefully a, a new, better mindset into it. Hopefully cross country happens. Yep. Hopefully. Thank you so, so much for having me. That was Adeline Rosa of Seattle Prep. She joined us here on the rundown to talk about uh, a very important topic right now as to whether schools are going to be open and then high school sports are starting up. And we'll give our final thoughts about that at the end of the show. But Moving on to our last thing, and that's the reflection of 2020. And I know it's hard to believe, but we actually have some good things to reflect upon in 2020, even though it hasn't been the greatest of years. Um, Alex, I want to start with you. What has been the best moments for you that you've seen in cross-country and track or perhaps anything in general in 2020? Yeah, uh, I had a hard time coming up with my top three. I tried to limit it to three, um, and I didn't know whether to take like the the world that we all share and know about as far as events that have taken place or more personal reflection. Um, and I think it's important this year that we all kind of have a little bit more personal reflection. So I went with that. Um, but my my number three was our last practice at Yelm for track, right when we found out that we weren't going to be back for at least six weeks. Uh, and I, in my head, prepped this um, a talk or speech or whatever you want to call it for the, the distance athletes on the track team of, you know, how as runners we endure, right? That's what we do. And, um, you know, this is going to be hard, but we'll get through it. And I'm, I'm kind of waiting for this somewhat traumatic experience, especially for our seniors who are about to lose a whole season um 
and I, and I give my spiel and, and I'm even like kind of emotional about it. And the kids are like, okay, we'll get through it. We do what we do. We're runners. We endure. And we went out and hit the best workout that I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, like, it was just like, it was so cool to see these kids just like, we roll with the punches. It's what we do. We're, we're runners. We endure. Um, so that was a really cool moment of the year. Um, during a hard time. Um, my number two, personally, I went through a quarantine and having a little bit of extra time this year, kind of re had re fallen in love with the long run. Um, I, I kind of forgot how good it is just to go out and get a really long run. And even Kyle and I hit a few of those, uh, hit some trail runs and we did a 13 miler through Olympia one weekend and, um, just kind of, remembering what it's like to run for yourself with no competition, nothing, just running. Cause you love to run. That was something that I kind of found in myself again for the first time in probably five or six years. Um, and then my number one favorite moment actually just happened last week. Um, we, we closed out our, our training segment in Yelm. We've been fortunate enough to be able to actually practice together. I know a lot of teams can't, um, but I wanted to make this last mile time trial to close out the season for them. Uh, something kind of special because they've been working really hard and I wanted to reward them for that. So we got like the uh, timer on the scoreboard set up and there was track graphics on it. And, you know, a few parents came out and community members and teachers and the principal and um, the whole football team came out in gear and lined the track. And it was a twilight race. We turned the lights on um, and it just turned into this, it was, I mean, it was more than a time trial. It was more than a race. It was, there was parents and teachers and um, community members that are in tears watching this, this event where athletes are going out and being supported by a whole community. Um, and my conversation with the boys is it wasn't even really a race. It was more about just giving the community some hope uh, that things kind of can go back to, to what we were and you can still work for things and have big goals. Um, and that was one of the most rewarding moments of my entire life, let alone this year. Um, so there's just all these really kind of incredible things that have come out of 2020, um, blessings that might not have happened without a little bit of, um, you know, without the challenges that kind of get you there. So I think we're going to come out a little bit stronger and in 2020 kind of beat us up a little bit, but, uh, all in all, some, some pretty great memories that came out of it in the track and field world cross country. You're not even going to pick one thing off the list I sent you. Uh, nope. <laughs> I went personal. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I, just for everyone to know out there, I write a script for every single show and I made an entire list of things that happen every single month throughout Washington. And of course, Idaho too, because Idaho is important to the runner Washington now. And not one thing came out of your mouth about something that happened all year round. You know what, Keenan? I'm just going to throw out there that I love a good rock star runner story where you kind of break a little bit of the rules sometimes. And, uh, you know, Keenan at West Valley was kind of cool to me. And if you don't know that story, you don't need to, but some of you do. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't need to go into depth about that story. That's, that's for another time. Uh, how about you, Kyle? Maybe you'll actually pull something off my list and speak for it. Or are you talking about Kamiakin's third consecutive state championship? Uh, third consecutive. That was 2019. So unfortunately, I, I don't think I can. If I can, you know, draw for 2019, I, that'd be real easy. But uh, you know, now I'm actually skimming the your list again, um, trying to be relevant. I appreciate your hard work. Um, <laughs> easy one right now for me, obviously, is the go well, recently. I is the birth of my son James. So that's a, a big 
big number one. Uh, one thing I was also really thankful for for 2020, um, you know, just a crazy year, no real season, no, no, no real races consistently. Uh, but over here, we still had a handful of our athletes still show up and train every day and train like it was a season. So I think, you know, hopefully uh, we'll see um, some good times come spring and not just my guys. I think there are guys across the state that are doing that and showing that they have discipline and they want this. Obviously we had uh, Ethan last week who dropped from like a 16 or 40 to 15, 10. Um, so I think that's phenomenal uh, news for this crazy year. Cause that's all for this 2020 year. It's been about, you can't really control some of the, the deadlines or, uh, pandemic who gets sick you can only really control with how you react to it and i know there are some people who myself included wish they could have reacted better to it been better prepared but there are others out there who have just done really really well with it so there's two the sun and then uh, some of the great athletes out there my guys and ethan included that have really uh shown they, they can run well even with a crazy year um, yeah, a third one, but I'll do this podcast as my, my third highlight. And I, I was going to talk about that too, but, um, since Alex said he's going rock and roll and going rogue, and this is my show, I'm going to go rogue and not even pick three. So I'm going to just talk about my favorite modes from every month of the year. And it's going to go by like quickly. So I'm going to yeah. do that. Starting off with January, uh, we had a UW preview meet. A lot of local high school kids were able to compete against some of the best collegiate runners throughout the entire nation, including uh, now at UCLA, and she was an Eastside Catholic runner, Kate Jendrizik, in the 600 meter, placing fifth overall, running 132.94. Brian Martinez in the 800, uh, now at GCU, was at Tahoma last year, ran 155, uh, was four seconds behind Daniel Maton, former Camus state champion, all-star rock star, whatever the heck you want to call him. In February, um, I think probably my favorite was C-Home alum Jake Riley qualifying for the Tokyo Olympics in the marathon. That was really cool to see, especially since he's from my hometown in Bellingham. Um, March canceled season. That was a, it was a pretty big deal that the track and field season was canceled. As well as I uh, started interviews with the runner Washington, got to talk to a lot of people like John Dreschel, uh, Tanner Anderson, Sarah Stavig. Uh, really cool athletes uh, continue with that in April as well. Um, but the sad news in April was the, the Ferris coach, uh, Chris Cavanis passed away after battling a 15th month long battle of cancer. Um, may he rest in peace. Um, but then I started something, doing something really cool. The, the greatest of the 21st century uh, runners. And that got a lot, that got heated pretty quickly because a lot of the athletes that voted were pretty biased towards the guys that were, or, or ladies that we're running at this time right now, rather than the early two thousands. And then just skipping through May, cause it was the same thing over and over again. And then June, there was a meet the desert dream last hurrah. It was cool to see athletes like Anthony Smith in the sprints. Uh, it was for it, that for him was, he was recognized nationally across everyone. And it was just super cool just to see that. Uh, of course, Ella Borsheim, a stud as always running four fifty and then 10 29. Um, and then July, and Kyle, you already mentioned this, the rundown starts. That was probably the, the coolest thing that happened this year. And we starting a podcast and um, all the great stuff right there. 
Big news in August, West Valley's Brady Packard transfers to American Fork in Utah. Uh, and then I start covering Idaho cross country in the beginning of, uh, in later August. So that was probably the, the bigger one of the year is seeing me starting to cover the potato state a little bit this year. And then of course, September through October was all of Idaho and just seeing some fast times, of course, seeing some also fast times from some time trials that the Washingtonians here have ran, uh, including your own, uh, actually both of you, Bryce running, I believe 1451. Am I correct? Uh, I don't think he was quite that quick. I think it's 1455. Well, regardless, still a fast time. Then, um, Isaac, 1444 i think isaac ran 1444 or something like that and then ethan coleman 1443 and that, yeah something like that and then in november finally cross country returns into washington in yakima at the cross country media champions um cool to see everybody that was racing there and then very two impressive fast times from some very fast ladies in ella borsheim of bellman she threw down a 1655 and then ali janky Three down, uh, 1643. And then the, really the only news in December. Oh, I forgot in September, October, uh, Shadow Park legend, legendary head coach, Bob Isaac. Uh, we had his former athlete, Nick Howard, join us on the show. He passed away. He may he rest in peace. Um, and then rounding out December, John Knight announces his retirement after almost 30 years of a very historic coaching career at North Central. There, I did it. I did my full year of 2020 reflection. Uh, you guys can be mad at me all you want, but I wanted to give everyone my reflection of 2020 because there was a lot of good stuff this year. I'm glad you remembered to breathe throughout that whole, whole thing. I, I was panicking. You're turning blue. People can't see with the camera. I have to uh, take a step back before Bryce's mom uh, kills me. It was 1451. You were right, Kanan, not 1455. <laughs> Bryce doesn't care. His mom, his mom might care a little bit that I got it wrong. Uh, so yeah, that is our 2020 reflection and we're looking forward to what 2021 brings for us. Final thoughts on today, fellas. Uh, top rankings. Alex, go. Uh, yeah, I, the, the rankings are fun. I think they keep people a little bit encouraged if you're not on that list, just to kind of have fun with the sport. Um, I think that, that, that list is, is pretty accurate. Um, I think that's a solid group of, of 10 individuals that are probably telling themselves, put me on that top 10. That's where I should be. So I, I like that the list can probably do that for, for those guys. And then with our special guest, Adeline Rosa of Seattle Prep, what did we learn about that opinion piece? Assuming, Kyle, I hope you read the opinion piece I sent you. Oh, yeah. No, she did a, a great job. I'm really glad that she wrote it and was published to give her opinion on why students' opinions matter on opening up schools. You know, it's a really, for a lot of kids right now, adults as well, it's a troubling time. You know, it's good to know that you're not alone. There's someone out there that shares the same opinion that, you know, if you want to go to school, you know, there's someone out there who is willing and, and fighting for you and getting that back and looking up statistics. So, you know, if you, if you're struggling, if you feel like you're alone, reach out to somebody, you know, we at the Renderwall would, you know, if you want your voice heard, let us know and we'll give your opinion. We'll listen to you. So I'm glad Adeline wrote that article and, and got it shared because it's, it's crazy times right now, especially the holidays. Exactly. And then of course, 2020, I know it wasn't the year everyone wanted and everyone wants it to be over with, but as Alex mentioned earlier, be thankful for the little things because a lot of things 
were accomplished. And I hope, well, I don't know what that sound was, but I think that was JT making some noise as he joins us here on the rundown. That would be James Theodore Paulson. And mm-hmm. Kyle, I think, I think you're in dad duty right now. Yeah, I got, I got past the baton. So he's here trying to give his opinions on the world right now. Gotcha. It probably sounded like a fart. I'll mute my mic. Sorry. That's what we thought. I was like, oh. But no, it was little James Theodore. Um, so just like I said, 2020, it was a year of a lot of thinking, a lot of grieving. Um, but as you mentioned, Alex, there's a lot of good stuff that happened and uh, really exciting moving forward into 2021, hoping that everything goes well and yeah, everything just goes well moving on into 2021. So that's going to wrap it up for our holiday episode. Um, my thanks always to Kyle and Alex for joining me for our last ever episode in 2020. We hope you guys have a great holiday, have a Merry Christmas, and have a great New Year. We look forward to seeing you all in 2021 for some fast times and a hopeful cross-country and track and field season. So thanks for tuning in and hope to see you guys real soon. Bye-bye. listening to The Rundown, presented by The Runner Washington here on SoundCloud. Thank you for listening to The Rundown Holiday Special. For more information of all things high school cross country in track and field, visit The Runner Washington's website at www.therunnerwa.com and be sure to follow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.